0: Welcome to Beach Theory. Hello, everybody. Today's episode, I'm really, really excited about. We... <laughs> Impressive.
1: Thank you very much. That, was, that, that is was my well. not-so-hidden talent <laughs> that I'm very good at.
0: <laughs>
1: thank you, thank you. I'll be here all week.
0: <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, You're so
1: proud of me for belching, right? You made me lose my train of thought. (laughs) I was was getting ready to
0: say something and then you interrupted it. You love it. I do love you. (laughs) You're just so cute.
1: Thanks.
0: (laughs) So um, today, oh, what I was going to say is we're getting close to the end of season two.
1: Which is uh, basically caught up on our lives.
0: Which is our entire childhood. And I'm sure that there will be like future episodes where we talk about specific things that we're like, oh my gosh, I want to talk about this. And I can't
1: remember if I already said it or not. So you might hear stories (laughs) twice.
0: (laughs) I hope that doesn't happen too much. Um, I'm sure it's already happened a little bit. But um, today I want to talk about as I'm transitioning from a boy to a man. Manhood. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want to talk about getting ready to go on a mission. Yeah. Yeah. So this started right probably around the time when I was 18 years old.
1: Okay, if you were 18 and you're three years older than me, I was 15. And that means that I was in high school, in a play, probably. Getting ready to date boys because I started dating boys at 16. But I did have people ask me out before that and I always said no. But then I also... Um, Went to dances. I was allowed to go to dances when I was 15. Yeah.
0: Well, if I had been 18 and you were 15, we couldn't have even dated.
1: I know. Isn't that weird?
0: Yeah. And even if we did date, you would have been jailbait.
1: (laughs) Jailbait. (laughs) It's true. Uh, That's so weird. It's true. You know, it's weird that we're only three years apart. And and you said that. You can say that. But the thing is like... There's people who get married that are like 12 years apart. Oh,
0: totally. It happens and all the time.
1: that's like real jailbait.
0: <laughs> well, not if they're both over 18. I
1: know, but that's... Can you imagine like <laughs> when you start actually thinking about the gap? Like, you know, if you're 18, how old would be your spouse?
0: If they're 12 years younger than you? Are. Yeah. That means they're like six years old. That
1: is so weird to think about.
0: I know. It's amazing how like... <laughs> Just being an adult is a great equalizer. Yeah, yeah. You know, like when you're a child, even 6 months makes a huge mm-hmm. difference, but as an adult, it's like 6 years, 16 years, it's like we can still be friends. We're we're probably in the same general like area yeah. of being able to comprehend and yeah. communicate and
1: It is the great equalizer. <laughs> so getting old.
0: Um what did I do to prepare for a mission?
1: Yeah, what did you do?
0: You know, I think one of the big things I started doing was writing in a journal.
1: Speaking of that, I just filled out a whole new journal and you didn't. (laughs) I failed. No, well, actually, I just finished it and it's a big deal because I started 10 years ago. You
0: probably just wrote a bunch of fluff in there and recipes to fill it up. (laughs) No! No! Shopping list. I
1: wrote all of the things like <laughs> having babies. And I'm just
0: kidding. The man. most
1: important things, and it just took me that long because I only wrote the most important things.
0: That's okay. I haven't read it.
1: <laughs> Why don't read my
0: journal?
1: <laughs> it has you in it. Oh snap! All my secret things I say about you.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> I started my journal. I think when I was like 17 or 18, as I was getting ready to go on my mission. I was like. (gasps) When I started my consistent journal.
1: Have I read it?
0: Read what? Your journal. I don't know. Do you
1: still have it from that time? Oh yeah. (gasps) I want to
0: read. And then I like, I I kept the journal every single day on my mission.
1: That's amazing.
0: Except I think at the very end of my mission, I started missing a couple days here and there. But for the most (laughs) part, I think I filled up four or five journals over the course of my mission. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And I was like, man, yeah, I love this. This is good stuff. And so I I kept a ton of journals.
1: See, I have to say something. Maybe this has been a secret deep down confession that I've always felt slightly guilty for thinking. So I've never really said it out loud. But I've always thought missionary life would be boring. Boring? Yeah.
0: How is it boring? Boring.
1: I don't know. That's why I haven't said it because I knew somebody would react just like you did.
0: <laughs> Wait, I want to, like, like.
1: I've always thought, oh, they're not allowed to watch movies. I can't talk to them about movies or music or the things that I like would want to do at the time. I can tell
0: you it's not boring. Okay. It's like busy, I think is the better okay. word. Okay. So, but to get ready for my mission, I started a journal <laughs> and I'll tell you all about. Like, I think it'd be really cool over the next few episodes, actually, to tell you, like, all the lessons that I learned on my mission. And not to try to rush through it. Like, there's a part of me that's like, I just want to kind of rush through it. Oh, I went on a mission, it was a thing, and it was over. But that was two years of my life. Yeah, that's two years of your,
1: like, most critical growth.
0: I changed a lot in those two years. And I want to tell some of those stories. Okay. So, if you guys are interested, I'd like to take probably a few episodes on the podcast Telling stories from a mission.
1: Then we should turn, put the camera more on you. <laughs> and less
0: on me. <laughs> so you're just like. Oh. That's interesting. <laughs> I hope it's not <laughs> <Just> boring. <kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just um, kidding. So another thing that I did was. I started taking mission prep classes. Mm-hmm. Um, which was basically. Like honestly. When I think back to what I did to prepare. It's like. I feel like it was almost nothing. Like at the time uh-huh. it was probably like a oh you take this class I'm and you do all this so stuff. Much. But I guarantee the minute I walked into the MTC I'm like well, I forgot it all. <laughs> well, what am I doing here? Like and I I can also tell you honestly when I left the MTC I was like what am I supposed to do again? And and the MTC is the missionary training center in case you didn't know. Yeah. Um but like I'm pretty sure I took a class. I know I took a temple prep class because before you go on a mission you go through the temple and so I had to like take a class on getting ready to go through the temple. And I also know that I don't remember anything from that class.
1: <laughs> Neither do I.
0: But then when I, I went to the temple, it was all like, <laughs> wow, this is all I did. I think because there's certain things that you can't talk about outside the temple. Mm-hmm. And so there's really nothing that you can go to that class and learn. Yeah. To really prepare except like everything you've already Mindset. heard a, a million times. Mm, like what
1: you should Make sure you're living the
0: gospel and make sure you repent and that you're living worthy and you're doing all these good things. And so it's like, okay, I came to this temple prep class and I'm not learning anything new. It's all the same things that I've always learned. Mm -hmm. And then when you go to the temple, you're like, oh, this is not what I was expecting. Like it's a ton of different stuff. But at the same time, it's like really cool. So, all Mm -hmm. right, cool. Um, And I'm not going to get into that. I don't think this is the right time or place to talk about that. But um, I guess maybe I could talk about the MTC.
1: Okay, so hold up. Let's rewind. Okay, so. (laughs) (laughs) When did you decide you wanted to go on a mission?
0: Oh, that's a great question. Thank you, Rebecca.
1: You're welcome. I'm a great moderator.
0: So, I think I'd always want to. Oh my gosh, I forgot about a critical point.
1: Thank you. Thank I you. I reminded you. Thank you. You're so, welcome. I always
0: wanted to go on a mission, like as long as I could remember. Yeah. Um, all the way back when I was a little kid, I remember the missionaries coming over and teaching us or having dinner with us. And I would remember thinking, that's cool. Like, I want to do I that. I want to do one. that. And especially because it's like, hey, you can be a missionary too. I was like, Duh, I'm going to be a missionary now. Like, mm-hmm. it was really never a decision. It was just always something that I was just, just wanting to do. do. Um, and nobody talked me into it. No one convinced me. It was just like, that's just what I do. And I want to do that. And that's going to be so much fun. Yeah. Um, and I do remember, I think I drew a picture for a missionary one time and gave it to him. And he drew me a picture back. And it was um. a picture of two missionaries and one of them holding the Book of Mormon. And it says, share the wealth. And they gave that to me and I kept it for years and years. And I don't even know if I still have it or not.
1: I bet you do somewhere.
0: Probably. That would if, be cool if, if I was, could find it.
1: I know we have a box out in our garage that's filled with papers and things of importance. That, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: And I remember getting that and being like, that's so cool. <laughs> and I was like, when I go on the mission, I'm going to draw that picture for somebody. And I think actually over the course of my mission, I probably drew three. Of those same pictures, yeah, and gave them to kids that were like special to me in some way. Okay, um, but I just that always stuck with me. Like, share the wealth. Like, this is a really amazing gift. Share it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it has proven to be an amazing gift to me and a yeah. huge blessing. So, I always knew I wanted to go. And then when I <clears throat> when I turned sixteen, as a priest in the church. We were allowed to go with the missionaries on exchanges or splits um, where we could basically uh, be their third companion. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that would be so cool. And I don't know. I never, ever heard of any of the girls that I grew up with doing being able to do that. Do missionary girls so, do that? Sure. See, like... I wish that was the case. That I knew about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But I think it's just not as common in Utah.
1: (laughs) Also, I never really wanted to go on a mission. So I could see why I was not really seeking that out. That information. I'm just curious about it now. Because I'm like, oh.
0: Maybe you could do it. In Florida, we would have one companionship. Or sometimes two or three companionships of missionaries in our ward. All serving at the same time. Whereas in Utah... We'd have one companionship that would cover 10 wards.
1: Did you you ever like really get excited when you got to go on... Like when you had somebody that came with you when you were a missionary? Oh, totally. Were you like, oh, finally. Like, was there ever a time where you had like a companion and you you didn't like and you're like... I'll tell you all
0: about those stories (laughs) later.
1: (laughs) But you might not remember them. You're going to have so many things to talk about. No,
0: I want to save that for when I'm talking about my mission. This is like... I want to focus on the. Task. But did you
1: go on lots of splits with the missionaries before you went on a mission?
0: All the time. All the time, like yeah. how many? Um. So I, um, there were times where I would go out with the missionaries every day for like a week. Whoa. Yeah, and like I and would, it- I'm pretty sure that there were certain com- like things that I did that were not a, that were not allowed. Mm-hmm. But I just did it anyway, and the missionaries were cool with it, and so I just like. Would go with them <laughs> or whatever. Like, um, we would go, and we would just teach people. So, like, I'd accompany them to appointments. I remember bringing my bike and driving to their house, and then we'd all go biking together to appointments. <laughs> I remember there was one companionship, and I told him about how as a beekeeper. Yeah. And he. One of the elders got really excited about beekeeping and uh-huh. wanted to learn all about it. Uh-huh. I think I even invited him over to my house and showed him the beehives like on a P day or something. Yeah. on The day that missionaries get one day a week where they can go shopping and play sports and kind of just do fun stuff. Like take a break. It's basically their break day. Their day, day off. Um, it's P day for preparation day. And so one day on the P day, they were like, hey let's come look at the bees. And I was like, come on over. So I showed them the beehives. And one of the elders was like, could we get some bees at our house? And so we even talked about like taking one of the beehives and putting it out on their balcony <laughs> over at their apartment. Oh,
1: wow. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't have had time for that probably. Unless they were...
0: They're not that much work. But oh, okay. in all reality, it's it was just an interesting yeah. thing. <laughs> um, but... I got really close to a lot of the missionaries and became really good friends with them mm-hmm. and got to teach a lot of mi- a lot of lessons. And sometimes I would drive to their apartment and they would just drive in my van with me and we would drive around town teaching lessons and doing appointments and just doing missionary stuff. And I would usually just watch and listen to them teach. And every now and then they'd ask me to bear my testimony or whatever. But okay, like... The actual, like, I got to experience kind of like what missionary life was a little bit like. But in terms of like actually learning how to teach, I don't remember. At least I don't remember retaining any of those lessons. Mm -hmm. Because I specifically remember going to the MTC, the Missionary Training Center, to practice teaching lessons and having like no clue what I was doing. It was... Like it was almost like I was hearing the gospel for the first time. I was like, okay, what is faith? Okay, what is repentance? Like,
1: well, because you hear it your whole life, but you don't have to explain it.
0: Exactly.
1: Like to have to explain it is a different thing altogether. Totally. It's just basically switching from being the student to the teacher.
0: Right. And I had and like, like no teaching skills.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> yeah.
0: So even though I spent a ton of time with the missionaries, Um, And I'd take them to like zone conferences. I I remember attending a zone conference one time and getting to listen to, you know, be with all the other missionaries. And I don't know, it was just a ton of fun to be in that environment. And it was just strengthening in my mind that this is what I wanted to do.
1: And I think that anybody that has gone on an LDS mission, pretty much anybody, it's like the fondest memories. And they're always talking like very highly of their experience, and what they did. Well, this here's the thing: like going on a mission is hard. Oh, totally. You have to pay for it. You don't. You don't get it for free. Hmm. You what is it like? Eleven thousand dollars.
0: Ten. Oh, that reminds me. Ten thousand One thing I did to prepare was to save up the money to pay for my mission. Yeah. yeah. And I was actually working full time. I and I talked about that in a previous podcast, um, and I might have talked about this too, but. To, I wanted to save up $10,000 to pay for my mission. And my mom's like, I want you home more to help instead mm-hmm. of gone working all the time. Mm-hmm. So she said, I'll make you a deal. I'll pay you the $10,000 to cover your mission if you come home and work for me for two years. <laughs> so for my 17th and 18th years. But
1: you probably would have been able to make that money a lot quicker if you went out and got a job.
0: Ten grand. Working for part-time years. for minimum wage.
1: If it wasn't part-time. I was
0: making like a couple hundred bucks a month. Okay. I don't think I had any marketable skills that would put me <laughs> in a place to be able to make more That's than... That's true. I think <laughs>
1: differently now. <laughs> and at the
0: time, like, I think I was probably only making, you know, six or seven bucks an hour. Okay. Like, it wasn't Sounds that much.
1: good. Good option for you.
0: Yeah. So to come home to work for my mom full-time. And then she gave me a little bit of spending money for dating and hanging out with friends. Um, but then other than that, I didn't see any of that money. It all just went towards my mission. Mm-hmm. And then after the two years was over, it was like, okay, I paid for my mission. Right? Like I earned this. Yeah. I worked for this. And so they never actually gave me the 10000 It just went into the mission fund every month while I was out on my mission. Yeah. And that was the deal we made and it worked. I That's think <laughs> in the moment... It was a lot harder, like as a teenager at that age, I was kind of like, man, this is harder than I thought. I wish I would never have done it this way. Like it was way more difficult Mm -hmm. to spend that much time working for my mom, like all the time. Mm -hmm. And I kept thinking, man, if I could do this differently, I wish I would have, but by then it was too late. I already made the deal. It was already like in motion. Mm -hmm. And looking back, I'm like, I'm just glad it happened. Yeah, I don't have you any baggage from that.
1: That's good. Um, you had bees before your mission and then after your mission, they were all gone. Yeah.
0: A lot of things. I think
1: I'm slightly bitter about that. <laughs>
0: Actually, so when I was getting ready to go on my mission, I took all my like books and all my things and all the things that were special to me and important to me and I put mm-hmm. them in bags, like garbage bags. And I think I had like... I want to say I had like four or five bags of like my stuff, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't remember why, but for some reason I felt like I could trust my girlfriend with it more than my family.
1: Well, <laughs> I, I I would do I that guess, with my family probably too. I, I guess
0: just, seeing what happened to the beehives, yeah. it makes sense why I uh, would feel that yeah. way because <laughs> yeah. all those. I had a whole bunch of beehives, like at least 10 hives. You earned and they were, those. And I with your own money. Owned you, those.
1: You owned those. You earned them. You paid for them. And then when while you were gone,
0: my family were gave gave them away.
1: away. And I am bitter. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say this. Only because when we came back um, to Florida after your mission, that would have helped us so much it was basically an income we could have had that was gone completely because everything you owned was given away which is unfair in my mind like i just feel like i've always felt like that was so unfair my my dad had the same thing happen it might be even a generational thing that i've always been i'm always like I want things to happen very justly you know and if they're if it's unjust I just get so so upset mm-hmm. but like my dad when he went on a mission he, he had, a car. had a car a really nice one that he had fixed up and he bought it it was fully his while he was gone his dad forged his signature and sold it and used the money for gambling and like It's so so frustrating to me because that would have helped like That's a huge thing when you're dirt poor To either have a car or when we were dirt poor when we came back to Florida like To have all of that equipment just gone Mm -hmm. was so hard. That was so hard.
0: I think I probably had about $2,000 worth of beekeeping supplies.
1: And $2,000 when you are in the negative is like so awesome if we were to have that. Mm-hmm. I remember f- saying you should say something about how it got given away and that wasn't fair. And you're like, nope, no, I won't say anything. I was, and I was so mad. <laughs> I was just like, why are you saying something well, about it? <laughs> I
0: think it just goes to like, you know, in, the, in a previous podcast we talked about like as soon as I became 18. Like, I'm not a kid anymore. I don't act like a kid. Now I'm an adult. And, you know... From that perspective, I think there's just certain things that I don't do that I would have done as a child. Like as a child I'd have been like, "Eh," you know, like throw this fit like I'd get so upset but as an adult I'm like, I'll just take it. See like right now, I'm not throwing
1: a fit. I'm just expressing the frustration, you know what I mean? Like it's good to communicate even if you're not throwing a fit like I'm not throwing a fit right now. Right. But I am frustrated about something that hasn't been resolved in my mind and I want to express it. I don't want to stuff it and feel like I never will get through that. Yeah. So I don't know, that's kind of, this is my (laughs) way of expressing how I feel. (laughs) (laughs) And I have to say this. What's really interesting is $2,000, right? It doesn't seem like that much. And especially as we've gotten to a point where like we've made that so many times over like it's and it's not it doesn't feel like like two thousand dollars ten years ago felt like a hundred thousand dollars and now it feels like you know two thousand dollars but because of not having it when we needed it it's like i appreciate that specific thing more than i would something that i've only gotten as i've had money to get does that make any sense Mm -hmm. like like I appreciate baggies because we didn't always have them and zip-lock when we bags. wanted them we didn't have them. Yeah, Ziploc bags, things like that. <sighs> Anyways, I'm going on a rant.
0: I know. <laughs> <It's
1: normal. laughs> hey, I'm letting you rant this time <laughs> around. <laughs> well,
0: I, I can rant that I gave all those bags of precious things to my girlfriend to protect them and keep them safe for me while I was on my mission. And, and what happened? And... uh pretty sure she lost them because soon after my mission I talked to her and because you know halfway through my mission she she got married to somebody else mm-hmm. and I was like hey so what'd you do with all that stuff right and mm-hmm. she said I think I took it back to your family or I had my dad drop it off at your house or something like it was kind of this weird like I don't really remember you know what I did with it.
1: <laughs> and you're like that's everything I care about.
0: <laughs> and, and like I messaged my family and so after my mission so much happened while I was gone Yeah. first of all. And oh, I'll yeah. get into that more later. But my family moved across the country and anyway chaos. basically <laughs> over the course of my mission all of my things that meant anything to me were lost or given away or... Who knows what would happened to them, except there was, I think, one bag that I found in Oregon at the end of my mission that had a couple of my books, a couple of my things, a little bit of my clothes, and that was it. But here's the most important thing to remember. I think that, uh, you know, Heavenly Father knows my sacrifice. And I think this is the main reason why at the end of my mission, when all this stuff had happened, I didn't react differently. I think I was just kind of like, you know what? It is what it is. It's not a big deal. Like, I'm going to be okay. It's just because my perspective had changed. My attitude had changed about everything. And I was really at a place where I was like, you know, that's not as important. Those things are not as important as, you know, from like an eternal perspective, like the whole purpose of this life, like those don't matter. What really matters is my relationship with my family. And I don't want to ruin that relationship because now here I am mad and angry that they gave away my stuff. Like, how could you do this? Like, I can't trust you anymore. You know, like... I'm
1: not mad at anybody either. Just so you know.
0: I'm just saying, like...
1: I think that's good.
0: I think that's the reason why I haven't been more upset about it. It's just because I'm like, you know what? I love my family and I love them more than I love those things.
1: And... As you've been saying that, it made me question, why was I, why was I getting so upset about it? And I realized the reason why was because of the situation we were in. Yeah. It was, you know, we, we were in debt. We had little to no money at all, barely had money, like for food. And we had to live with family, which I didn't want to do that. It didn't matter what family it was. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Um, And... You had expressed that you wanted to be a commercial commercial beekeeper. <laughs> Sorry, I always want to say industrial. You wanted to be a commercial beekeeper and all I wanted to do was have some sort of successful business yeah. with you because we hadn't had that. Right, We were struggling so bad financially and I was sick and we were living in an uncomfortable way. And I, when I heard that there was something that you had that was rightfully yours, that was given away and you were never reimbursed for that. And if we were reimbursed for that, it would have saved us in that moment. Yeah. From that pain, from that like discomfort. Like it, it frustrated me beyond no end because I just, I was like, right now that could save our life. That could save our, possibly our relationship. I mean, that's when we had the divorce letter was right around that time. If you've listened to our previous podcasts and like, it was just so much stress and that could have been a solution. That's why it was like, you're not going to say anything about it when that could save our lives. (laughs) And that's why it's like that. That still is unresolved in my mind just because it's never been talked through, Mm -hmm. you know? We've never worked it out or resolved it. Mm -hmm. And even when we're perfectly fine, you know what I mean? Like, it's hard. It's hard to let that go, but.
0: Let it go, let it go. Shh. I'll uh, let you let
1: it go, but it might take me longer, <laughs> that's all.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I think that's pretty much it. So after I gave all my stuff away to my girlfriend to to <laughs> take care of for me. If I was your girlfriend, happen, I would have. I you know you would have. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I know without a doubt. Um, I remember, so I got uh, set apart for my mission which is i just went to a leader in the church and he gave me a blessing and said okay now you're officially a missionary you know that's how that's how things are done in the church um and so at that point i was like okay now i'm a missionary i have to live by the mission rules so i can't hug girls i couldn't hug my girlfriend and kiss her goodbye like i had to make sure to like i remember all these rules (laughs) that's so
1: Well, okay. So when did you hug and kiss her for the last time?
0: She went with me to go get set apart as a missionary. So she could be like hug kiss me. My whole family came with me and she came too. And I remember the church leader was like, okay, this is your last chance. So I gave her like a really big hug and I kissed her. like, Okay, now that was your last one. And so then he set me apart and I made sure to...
1: Okay, now I have a memory too. But here we are on the other side of the country a few years later, right?
0: Is your boyfriend's getting ready to go on his Actually, mission? Actually,
1: maybe not a few years later.
0: I left in July of 2000. A years. Or June of 2006.
1: I think he left in 2007. Okay. So it's like close. No, wait. 2008? Maybe it was closer to 2008. It was October 2007, and then it was two years after that, yeah. So, anyways, um, <laughs> I remember going with him and his family, same setup. <laughs> and I remember, I feel like I remember them all looking at me like, hey, last chance. And I was like, we already took care of it or whatever. Like, I think they were, I think that's what I remember anyways, where they were like... Any last time you want to kiss each other or hug each other? This is it. But I do remember leaving and like crying because it was just like this sad. Fin- it was final. Yeah. So final, which is really interesting because it really, really was final because we didn't end up getting married. Right. and And what's interesting about that, too, is I feel like my spirit knew that. I feel like deep down, my spirit knew that I didn't know it like personally, but on the you inside had a feeling. i I had a feeling like this is it, yeah. and this has been great like and it was a really good relationship, and it kept me out of so much trouble, and I was surrounded by good people, you know, and so like it made me so sad and I actually gave a talk right after that sometime in church and I was just expressing how like when when uh, he left I think I listened to the song God be with you till we meet again and I just cried and cried I, like bawled my eyes out like I actually remember kneeling down on my bed and my body was shaking so violently I was just crying so hard like the hardest I've ever cried and my mom was like doing this and I had this really weird like it's weird, but, like, almost an out-of-body experience where, like, my spirit... I felt like my spirit stepped out for a second and just looked sadly at my body. That was just like, oh, oh like, crying. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but, like, that's how I remember it. It's so weird. No, and I get
0: it. I've, I've had experiences like that. Like,
1: I couldn't... Like, I... I couldn't handle it, almost. Yeah. Um, But then I gave a talk in church after that, and I, I was talking about how, like... When he left, it made me feel so, so, so sad. And I just, I had that God be with you till we meet again song in my head. And as I was thinking about that, I started thinking, you know, Heavenly Father was probably singing that. The angels were probably singing that when we came here, you know, just singing that and hoping that we would like come back, you know, like do our best and somehow make it back to heaven and uh anyways it makes me sad <laughs> I have to take a break and cry on the side.
0: <laughs> you don't have to leave, come back. Come uh, back, come back.
1: You say other words. No,
0: <laughs> be honest. I know, let, but I'm like crying. Let it all come out.
1: Also, this episode has been to cry. emotional just because, like, we've been through a lot. I think that time in Florida was just really hard. We've talked about all of it. We have the, the, the podcasts. <laughs> but sometimes I do feel unresolved with these things we've been through. And I just, like, want to resolve them. Or... Even just going through them again, I don't want to, like, even talk about them. <laughs> yeah, because they were so hard. Anyways, did you cry when you couldn't kiss your girlfriend anymore? No. <laughs> you would have cried if it was me. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> no,
0: I honestly. So, I should I should say this because I think it applies to this topic. Um, as I was preparing for my mission, I made some bad choices um, that made me have to wait to go on a mission. I was,
1: I'm actually surprised you are even talking about this. I was like, I'm not gonna bring it up. If you bring it up, okay. Well. Well, I don't need to go into more no, details on that.
0: <laughs> but the point is, I, I was about 18 and a half. So I when when you're a member of the church and you want to go on a mission as a boy you have to be 19 or at least you did. Now they changed changed it to to 18 18. but when I was 18 I had to wait till I was 19 to go and I was like well I want to leave right when I'm 19 so I can get back as quick as possible so I can get married and start my family (laughs) like that was my mindset. Also
1: just side note if they had had you start at 18 you wouldn't have made that mistake.
0: Potentially. We Anyways, dated for two years. That's true. You're <laughs> saying, like, but then again, it
1: could, I think that their changing of the time has probably kept a lot of people from making true mistakes and getting true. getting into like
0: one and a half years of our dating students. was after I was already eighteen, so that's very possible. Yeah. Um, the the point I was trying to make was my mission was pushed back six months, and so by the time I was finally able to go and it was by my own choice like i don't i don't blame anyone for my mission being delayed like that was something i did but i was like finally able to go and i was so excited to go that it was like i had no sadness there was no pain there was no nothing it was just 100% excitement for the future yeah so you know when you asked oh did i cry when i had to leave my girlfriend i was like uh... nope I was ready to go. I knew I was in the right place, and yeah. I was happy to be going. You know, I wasn't sad to leave my family, and I can honestly say, my entire mission, I was never once homesick. Hmm. Like there's missionaries who's like, oh, I miss even my towards family. the end, no, like never.
1: The day you left,
0: I was tr- <laughs> I was chunky, which to to explain with that term means as a missionary and maybe this is just a mormon thing or lds thing or whatever but be, to be trunky means to be excited to go home okay. i was excited to go home mostly because i was excited to date i was excited uh, you like ready you know, to move on move with on, on with my life to get married like i was excited for my life but i wasn't like oh, oh, i miss my family i can't be away like mm-hmm. that homesickness never once yeah <laughs> And you can take that for whatever you want in terms of like why, but to be perfectly honest, you
1: have just always been ambitious and you've always wanted to like move quickly. You are frustrated when you're stifled or slowed down. Like you just, that's just your personality. <laughs> right. So I I don't think it's anything against your family or anybody. Like it was really I love just my family. you. You love being around your family and you always want to be around them. But like it's just. That at that time you were ready to, for your life to get moving.
0: Yes, yes, exactly.
1: And I think the same thing when you left on your mission like being yep. on your mission, your life was moving, yep. it was getting going. It was like exciting.
0: I was so excited to go. Yeah. And in the next episode of the podcast, I'm going to talk all about going to the Missionary Training Center and starting my mission. Ah, so exciting! <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> what maybe a fun time! Yeah, that's <laughs> exciting. What were you going to say? Never mind. <laughs> no, I You mean, want me to film these without you? No. You no. Wanna, you it's just interesting
1: because it? it's like this is the time where I I mentally have tuned out. Like any person that goes on a mission, I'm like, okay, now they're in the MTC. I don't need to worry about them anymore. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's kind of what I've always done mentally is like, okay, they're good now.
0: I'll tell you the deep, dark secrets. <gasps> Of the Missionary Training Center and Missionary Life. If you want to know what it's really like, stay tuned in the podcast for the next few episodes.
1: (laughs) Okay, let's do it.
0: Bye, guys. Love (laughs) you. See ya.